netcasting from Chicago, Los Angeles, and Sydney. You're listening to this week's FX Podcast from FXGuide.com. Hi, and welcome to this FX Podcast. I'm John Montgomery. Coming up in just over a week, hard to believe it's coming up so fast, is the 2017 edition of the FMX conference that takes place in Stuttgart, Germany every year. Now, I've been going to this conference for years, and it quickly became a favorite of mine. If there's one conference that I wanted to go to each year, it's FMX. It truly is, uh, I think, Europe's premier uh, visual effects, 3D, uh, VR, uh, animation production conference that goes on each year. A great opportunity to see some fantastic presentations as well as network with a lot of other artists from Europe. Uh, in fact, we love it so much here at Effects Guide that after going for so many years, Mike has actually been going the last couple of years. We, we normally do a divide and conquer kind of thing, but um, we all love it so much that we think it's a great conference uh, for everyone who can to attend. Now, this week um, in the FX podcast, Mike's going to be speaking with Jean-Michel Blotier, who's the executive director of FMX, and he's in charge of the staff of the conference and the staff that actually gets together all the presentations, the events, things like that. And they're going to dive into what you don't want to miss at this year's conference. So if you're going to the conference, you want to check it out, or if you're on the fence about going, well, first of all, you should go. Um, But if not, uh, check out this podcast, uh, see what you're missing, and I think you're going to want to attend. So Jean-Michel, thanks so much for joining us. You're in New York, is that right? It's right, yes, yes. I'm in New York. It's a rainy day, but spring is coming at last, which is a relief. I have a feeling that you've got a lot of frequent flyer points because every time I talk to you, you are traveling very much uh, in the spirit of connecting up with the community. But it's it's an amazing thing that you've been doing. How long has FMX been going now? Well, FMX has been going on more than 20 years. Uh, we celebrated the 20th anniversary two years ago. And um, FMX has been changing. There were a different cycle in the development of FMX because, as you know, FMX was started uh, as a small conference for the student of Film Academy, uh, which is this uh, one of the three largest universities in Germany for movie training. And um, this little conference grew up uh, became uh, a very nice uh, event uh, conference in Germany. A part of the content was in German, a part of the content was in English. Uh, we are talking around the year 2000, uh, 2005. And um, as far as I'm concerned, I was in charge of another conference in France called Imagina in Monte Carlo. And uh, every year I was meeting with Professor Thomas Hegele and Renate Hegele, co-founders of Film Academy and, and uh, co-founders of FMX. And at some point, uh, I decided to go and see by myself what FMX was. It was in 2005. And then we had a very intense discussion with uh, Thomas, Renate, uh, Eike Moser uh, and I about should we try to, we have, I had a, a, good, a good event in France, they had a good event in Germany, should we try to put one of our events at a European level, and if possible at a worldwide level, and this is what we did. I stopped working with Imagina, joined forces with uh, Thomas, Renate, Eicher, and we have been developing FMX up to what FMX is as of today, 
which I hope is the leading event in Europe uh, for computer graphics um, and one of the leading event in the world. Uh, the other one being, of course, uh, the big giant Seagraph. Uh, but I, I dare to say that FMX took a specific space in this um, compared to Seagraph. And I hope that two events complement each other in a nice way. I completely agree with that. I mean, my two favorite events to go to in the world are SIDGRAPH and FMX for two different reasons. Um, and uh, and the thing about FMX is it is smaller, obviously, than SIDGRAPH, in, and uh, yet it's a less technical academic presentation of papers. So it's got more, um, uh, I guess, in one sense, it's it's a little more accessible, um, but also it's just that this idea is just a bit smaller, but it's got such excellent people presenting that you get this really intense period of, um, of four or five days of just mixing with some of the world's greatest uh, minds in the area. So it's like really um, incredible thing you've built. So let's to prove that point. Let's run through this year's schedule. Um, and every year you obviously try and get a bit of an angle on things. So there's going to be some things that people know about because they're films they've heard about, but there's going to be some other things like this year's automotive theme, which is completely sort of new. So tell me firstly about that, that automotive theme. How the heck is it that you've got automotive in there and and in what sort of perspective is that coming in? <laughs> that, that, the, I like the way you phrase the question because it's, it's exactly the, the right way to phrase it. Uh, you know, with FMX, FMX is a media and entertainment conference. On the core uh, community of FMX are visual effects people. Um, and then you have the people working in, in computer graphics for media and entertainment, which is animation and animation technology, um, the people working in, in visual arts for games, uh, and of course, what we call transmedia, which is uh, all these things which are uh, on the borders of, uh, of these different uh, you know, communities. And we've been trying in the past, uh, we, we made a few attempts to deal with um, other communities like design or architecture, because we would say, okay, uh, for example, when you design a video game uh, on, on a city, it's related to architecture in a way. And, and we could probably find an angle there to bridge the gap between these two communities. Um, of course, these tools are used for design of products, so maybe we should try to find something. But it was never very successful. And of course, we FMX taking place in Stuttgart in Germany, which is the, the hometown of, of Mercedes-Benz or, or Porsche. Uh, the, the, the car industry was on our radar. And of course, the car industry uses a lot of high-end computer graphics, uh, but we never felt that there was enough connection between the, the, the two communities. And as you know, with FMX, we are extremely uh, careful with this concept of community on what we call micro-community. We believe that even if we all of us are using um, the same kind of technologies, we are facing the same issues in storytelling or sound design, uh, if you work on a TV series, if you want to work on a feature movie, if you want to work on a AAA game, if you work on a mobile game, mobile game, if you work on, uh, uh, on, on virtual reality, augmented reality uh, devices, uh, even the problematics are the same, uh, we are talking to different micro-communities. And, and these micro-communities have very specific issues and do not necessarily merge uh, with each other. So, of course, dealing with the automotive industry was 
uh, not a given thing. But this year, we believe we had an amazing window of opportunity. And there were actually four key elements which decided us and encouraged us uh, to move into this direction. The first element, as I was saying, is that FMX takes place in Stuttgart, uh, hometown of Mercedes-Benz on Porsche, on the automotive industry. In Stuttgart is the key industry, and of course in Germany it is as well with BMW or Audi or other other brands. Um, that was the first element. Uh, the second element was the Blackbird, uh, and when <clears throat> Uh, I, I was talking with my friends Vince Bartson uh, at the mill, and he was telling more. Uh, we met, I think, a year, year, year and a half ago. Oh, I was. Uh, with, I, with, I literally heard about this project, um, you know, under confidentiality, of course, in the you know top floor speakers room at FMX. Um. Exactly, exactly, and, and I probably heard about it a little, maybe a little bit before, or I don't know. But I, Vince was telling we were in Los Angeles with my colleague Patricia, and and with Vince, and he was telling us we are working on a super exciting project. I cannot tell you more about it, but it, it's it's it will be important. And I, okay, well, that was it was really there was something going on, and then when he uh, unveiled. Uh, the, the, the blackbird, um, I thought, wow, this is interesting because it means that we have a visual effect company, which is one of our usual suspects, the mill, uh, which is definitely uh, interacting with the automotive industry. So that was the second uh, key element which uh, encouraged us to go to go into this. Uh, the third key element was um, a friend of mine is Bruno Simon. And Bruno will give a talk uh, at FMX on Tuesday, May 2nd in the afternoon. And I encourage everybody to attend this talk because Bruno Simon is not well known as of today in our community, but 25 years ago, he definitely was. He was one of the key person of the, the, the computer graphic uh, uh, industry, working with Renault, and in my opinion, Bruno Simon is uh, one of the pioneers and probably the one who designed for the first time, who worked with the first time with a guy whose name was Armand Felous, working with the National Institute of Audiovisual um, uh, in France 25, 30 years ago. And Armand Felous is, in my opinion, the, the real inventor of virtual production. He designed the first virtual production studio in the world, I think, 30 years ago. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, he passed away because otherwise I would have loved to bring him to FMX and to explain his vision about this virtual production thing. But anyway, he was... Um, working on, uh, on, on, on virtual production studio. Um, his challenge was to um, embed real actors in virtual environments. And you have to remember it's 30 years ago, so it's, 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 it's a while ago. And then Bruno Simon was in charge of, um, was working with Renault uh, in a small department, uh, researching the use of computer graphics for the automotive uh, industry at Renault. And Bruno went to see Armand Felous and ask him, I see that you are trying to embed a real human in virtual environment. Could we do the opposite? Could we embed a virtual vehicle, 
in real environment. And the two of them started working, and there's an amazing video. If you Google, uh, if you go on YouTube and you look for Bruno Simon uh, raccoon, like a raccoon on Renault, you will see a story which was broadcasted on the news. It's in French, but the image images speak by themselves. And every time I've been showing this video at the mill, at Epic, at other, to, other, to other people, every, every time the jaws were literally dropping uh, because uh, they, everybody was looking at this. Well, and it's very moving because you have this old Jeep Cherokee uh, with these with this kind of crosses, which are the, the tags, you know, that you, you can track the vehicle. It's super moving. It's two minutes or three minutes, but it's just so worth it. And so when I saw the Blackbird, of course, I thought of my friend Bruno Simon, and I was thinking about, wow, that would be super cool to bring Bruno Simon to FMX and to have the old guys and the new guys and the, the raccoon facing the blackbird, the two animals, you know, uh, facing the, and, and talking to each other on bring Bruno. And I, so I called Bruno, who is still with Bruno, and uh, I, I, uh, he's the head of the, uh, I don't remember exactly what his title is. It is uh, the head of uh, autonomous, not autonomous vehicle, but uh, something is, is key position at Renault. Still working with uh, with uh, intelligent vehicles and uh, all of this, all of this stuff. And I told him, Bruno, would you be interested in in coming to 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 FMX and present what you did 25 years ago at Imagina? And he said, whoa, this is my past is coming uh-huh. back to me. And, and it was completely unexpected from him. Uh, and, and he was just, wow, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, I probably could find some material. So he has been digging. So he's coming oh, to FMX. And he's been digging into the, the, the material that he had. So we had to find a, an old Betamax uh, recorder <laughs> player, you know, because these tapes on Betamax. So we have to show that. It is and, true. And it is true. We often forget our uh, past We're in our race to the future. We uh, neglect some of the really significant advances from the past. And honestly, that's a, that's a crying yes. challenge. Just tell him again, when is his particular talk? So his talk is on Tuesday, May 2nd at 4 p.m. And it's entitled Renault Raccoon Back to the Future. And, uh, <laughs> and which is a good title. Uh, and there's a short description of, of, uh, of what the, the talk is on the, on the website, of course. Um, let me let me. And my, so, my email. and so on the on the Tuesday we have some really good talk. I mean, there's obviously a lot of streams, and one of the problems, I guess, if I could criticise FMX, is there's nearly always somewhere else I want to be at the same time. I, there's sort of always two interesting things on at once. But um, so there's a, some really great concept art on that Tuesday. There's some great sound design stuff. Um, but in addition to the workshops and uh, things that are happening with uh, the various uh, companies that have got some um, specialist setups there, the, the sort of the headline thing I'd have to say is this sort of automotive real-time stuff. And what I think is really yes. interesting about this is that not only is it the idea of the real-time automotive and obviously a chance for people to really witness firsthand the stuff that was shown um, only at, uh, at GDC, but as you say, this all dovetails in with virtual production because it really is just, you know, now a continuum that gets us from these obviously now wide-scale use of digital cars to digital production, real-time, and once we go into real-time, we're into virtual production and that flows through. So even though the car part of it may seem like it's like a niche, in fact, all of the principles of this are now sort of 
dominoing along the production line and we're seeing a lot more as all of this stuff connects up between previs, virtual production, onset uh, and everything else that we've been discussing. And in fact, that whole theme gets picked up because I, I would have had to guess it. Virtual production is almost the sort of the second big thing this year, isn't it really? Yes, we, we, we've been really starting uh, in a way pioneering uh, virtual production a few years ago and uh, with our dear friend uh, David Mora. Uh, and uh, we have been always every year putting a lot of focus on, uh, on, on virtual production, uh, believing that it would be the, 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 the big thing for the next 10 years at least, uh, and of course this is all connected with this uh, concept of real time and to, to have images and to have the final image, image uh, not of course in real time as of today, but um, almost uh, in real time. Well, so we, had, we, had we, a really, we had that really great production sessions on Jungle Book, I think that was last year. Um, yes. And obviously other virtual productions in, in, in uh, sessions gone past. So this isn't yes. a new thing, but in a sense, the, you know, the technology, what was possible, especially out of game engines and stuff. And we haven't really mentioned Epic Games, but obviously they're a big player in this um, uh, with the Blackbird and the stuff that the mill was doing. Um, and these, these engines now are just producing such astonishing uh, material in what's an incredibly fast... Cause the next step after that, I guess, it gets you to VR. But in both real-time virtual production and in VR, the frame rates are astonishingly high compared to what, what we can do in non-real-time feature film production, right? Like 25 hours to two and a half hours of frame versus, hey, I want to render this at 24 frames a second or sometimes 60 or 90 frames a second. Yeah. I'm completely with you on this. And um, I believe that we are uh, going through a very, very interesting, it's a very interesting moment uh, in our industry uh, because there is this, this convergence that we've been talking about between games and movies. Uh, we've been talking about conversions for the last 40 years, basically. And um, nothing was really happening, uh, in my opinion. The two communities were growing in parallel or living in parallel, but there were not so many. Of course, there were some people leaving the world of VFX to go into the game world or people from the game world going to the, to the, to the VFX world. But the two communities were, were walking uh, side by side, but not really together. The, the fantastic progress made by the real-time engine suddenly uh, raised a, a lot of attention. And you, 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 were, you were mentioning the opening statement that uh, there are the big themes or the big thing at, at FMX and there are little gems that you have to, to identify and to find. One of the little gems, I think, uh, might be a presentation by Manny Francisco uh, from DreamWorks about the use of, um, of the, 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 the real-time engine uh, by uh, DreamWorks. This will not be very, um, very visible uh, in the program. And uh, confidentially, I can tell you that uh, it, will, uh, it will happen on Tuesday uh, morning during the, the keynote of Chris Bracho. You know that Chris Bracho is uh, one of the key person at Autodesk and they will give a keynote uh, which is called Beyond Games, uh, new users 
for real time on VRAR. Uh, and you will see that uh, the second name, which is mentioned in this keynote, is Manny Francisco. And um, uh, Manny is the vice president of motion capture technologies, office of the CTO at uh, DreamWorks uh, Animation. Uh, and he, um, he, there's not a lot on the, on the program, it's still confidential, and, uh, but it's, it will be extremely interesting to attend this thing. And it's very interesting for me to see that DreamWorks uh, is really uh, exploring the potential of game engines. Uh, and, and you see that this convergence between the, the two communities is really happening now. And another factor which I find extremely interesting regarding this convergence is, of course, virtual reality and augmented reality. And what I mean by that is that I have the feeling that uh, the, a lot of storytellers who use, who are working in the movie industry, um, could wouldn't want necessarily to work in the game industry uh, because uh, the, 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 the stories or the themes or the, uh, the appearance, at least what you see uh, in the video game world, is might not be very encouraging for uh, traditional storytellers who might say, I'm not interested in video games. I'm not interested in these kind of video games. But um, I'm thinking with somebody like Jan Pinkava, for example, uh, who will be at FMX as well and who will be part of, of, um, of a series of talks um, uh, in, the, in, the, in the conference. Um, Jan is, as you know, uh, behind this uh, Jerry Games, Jerry's Games, so the old chess player playing against yeah. himself. Uh, he's uh, the, the, the original soul of Ratatouille. Uh, he's now, he will present Pearl uh, at FMX, which is uh, a very, very interesting concept. And I think Pearl was the first ever project nominated for an Academy Award. <clears throat> and... Um, and Jan Pinkava, I don't think Jan would uh, voluntarily go to the game world because the game world might be too repulsive for him, too violent, not to, to his, you know, his, might, might not, not his be interested aesthetic, in yeah. this. Not his aesthetic. But through VR, he can step into interactivity. And, and, and this is VR offer a kind of, for me, in my opinion, VR offer a kind of neutral ground for people who are coming from the movie industry and people who are coming from the game industry. Because what, one of the things that the game people know about is interactivity. Yes. And they've been exploring interactivity for the last 50 years, since 1970, if we consider that Pong is the very first game, it's 1972. Uh, so you know it's uh, like uh, 55 years ago. Uh, and so these people have been pioneering interactivity and they know quite a bit about interactivity. When the traditional storyteller or the movie industry don't really doesn't know about uh, really about interactivity. But, and but but, but I think that, reality will offer this platform and that's wonderful. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, but while I agree with you that there's that kind of move, I think the other thing is we shouldn't ignore the fact that we've seen, well, I'm jumping to the end of the conference now, but um, Rogue One is being uh, discussed um, and John Knoll is actually presenting on, uh, on Friday, I think in the afternoon. But yes, there are four shots in that film that were rendered on a game engine. Um, yes. And I've actually spoken to VFX supervisors and at the end of the interview, you know, we've been talking for an hour about whatever their film is. 
And I'll say, well, that, that's great. Thanks so much. We'll edit this up. And, you know, and then I'll say, now we're off the record. So what are you doing next? Expecting them to say, oh, you know, I'm on this particular new film, blah, blah. I can't talk about it, blah, blah. And, and, and I've had them say things like, actually, I'm taking out a bit of time because I want to learn game engines. Not because they want to go into games, not even because they want to go into VR, but because they just see it as a really great new thing in the filmmaking space. But the other thing they said, which I thought was really fascinating, what's happening in games is that new things are being solved every few months and it feels like computer graphics did 10, maybe 15 years ago when you know, you'd go to a SID graph and there'd be these big breakthroughs. And we're now seeing these big breakthroughs in games and they're happening in such a rate it's an exciting space to be in. And so I totally agree with you. VR is an interesting mid-ground between games and film. But, you know, it used to be that the only real use of a game engine might have been in a previous environment. But now we're actually seeing it not just in terms of final shots but just this incredible use on set. And I know you've got a number of people speaking about just adopting a different approach to filmmaking that sort of stops this old-school pre-production post-production and just starts making a much more fluid creative process you know it's 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 interesting i i was trying to explain to my parents what i was doing and <laughs> never easy. my father is he's 80 years old and you know it, he doesn't play video games every day and i was trying to and, and i go back to this automotive thing and i was trying to explain to him the way cars were designed in the past. And, and, you know, this whole very slow and very expensive process when you had uh, people uh, drawing models and then looking at, at, at drawings and, look, and then finding, choosing an image and then sculpting something with clay and with, you know, and, and, and when you had to, to make a second model, you can imagine the amount of work. And then it was done with uh, 3D tools and the 3D tools were not satisfying for the automotive industry because it was not precise enough. And, and, and now we have the game engine and the game engine were not interesting enough for the game industry because, you know, in a game, it doesn't really matter if you have a few pixels here and there who are not completely in control. It's it's fine. It's not the core thing. You know what the core thing in the game is action. But when you talk to automotive people, they want to have the exact reflection on the windshield that the car will will have because they have to go to this level of precision. And until now, the game engine were not able to deliver this thing. But as of today, they start to to be able to to, to deliver this kind of level of quality. And the same thing goes with the movie industry where people are looking at games and saying, eh, Sorry, I mean, look at the few pixels that you have on the screen. Look at the, the, the billions of pixels that we have on our on our screens. And and uh, and now these engines can handle. I was trying to explain to my dad the advantage of doing this, and I was explaining, you know, when you were shooting a movie and you you had to have all the actors, the lights, the cameras, the background, everything, and then you were shooting your scene, and and if it was good, good luck. Fine. If it was not good, you had to start again. And, you know, imagine the cost of having all these people and 150 people on stage you know, and you have to do it again and so on. And I was thinking, you know, if you can pre-visualize this with a computer and get this feeling of your scene, of course, it's not a final scene. If you can get a, a pre-visualization of a car in, in, the, in a little village in France or a car, the same car in a big city like New York and see, is this car working in the two environment and how does it work? 
And you can do this just with a computer with a couple of people. Of course, it's not as simple as that. And Kim Library, if he listens to me, must tears his head off of the thing because he knows how many nights he spends and weekends and hours on making the, the movie that we will present at FMX, uh, the human race movie. Uh, he knows the, 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 how difficult and how challenging it has been. So, uh, so apologies, Kim. It was just to explain to my dad, you know, <laughs> <laughs> try to simplify things. But uh, to get back to the point, um, I believe that game engines are at, um, at a level now where uh, they are taken extremely seriously by all of these industries. And um, I believe that for FMX, it's exactly the right time uh, to, 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 to step into this automotive industry and that between the mill, between Epic, uh, between Bruno Simon and Renault, between the fact that it's in Stuttgart with a Mercedes and Porsche, that we have also for the first time privatized the Porsche Museum for one evening, and we will take 200 very happy few for a private uh, visit of the museum and a private uh, dinner in the museum, uh, I believe all of this put us in a good position to uh, really start something new at FMX, to open a new series of talks at FMX about the automotive industry. And I hope that we will be able to keep going in the, in the following years uh, and keep bringing slowly, uh, put on the radar of automotive people uh, what uh, game engines and the movie uh, industry can bring to the automotive industry and also on the, the reverse way to uh, explain to the media and entertainment community what the needs of the automotive industry are in terms of precision, in terms of level of details. Um, and I believe that it's time for these two communities to really start exchanging. And FMX, as you were saying in the, in the, in the beginning, is uh, intimate enough uh, to offer a nice place for these people to connect um, during the conference, of course, but more importantly, uh, during the dinners in the speaker's lounge and all these informal during, uh, during breakfast at the Hotel Maritime, in all these informal moments where all these key people uh, can meet, interact and get to know each other better. And just to keep that going one more step, um, obviously I've been involved the last couple of years with the digital humans and the um, uh, digital humans forum stuff that's been happening in FMX. And so we've got a, a sort of a take on that as well. So obviously humans are the holy grail that the sort of the hardest thing to do. And this year we have not only two separate uh, people that were separately given SciTech awards this year for their work in digital humans. Um, one ex-ILM person, though obviously was at ILM when he was part of that uh, that project, um, which is Kieran, who's at Loom, who uh, I'll come back to, and then also Luca from Weta, who of course, Weta's work in digital humans is uh, incredible. But rather than just have this kind of high-end look from the feature film engine, which we kind of, I think, is always very important to look at, we've also got Kieran's new work with Loom and um, Hal Lee's work from USC, which signifies human faces, digital humans coming at it from the other end of the kind of production spectrum, which is can I take uh, stills not using a light stage, not using, but maybe using uh, artificial intelligence and deep learning and actually reconstruct um, avatars and agents from those things. And I, I think this is particularly interesting because 
obviously at one end, you know, you have these Academy Award winning um, pipelines, but at the other end, this is really companies that are, and, and individuals that are researching what it means to be able to produce digital humans for the masses as it were, but not not in a kind of a, in a horrible way. Um, and it's some of the most advanced research and I'm very enthusiastic to hear that. But of course, what we expect is that that dovetails into the previous and of course to the virtual production. And, you know, as we've solved cars so effectively, it seems now, we haven't solved humans, but clearly it's on a continuum and we're heading in that direction. And so, uh, yeah, I must admit that that'll be a really a good thing. We've We've got a on the Wednesday afternoon, an actual panel discussing this, and then on the Thursday morning, we've got the uh, Digital Human Forum. A lot of other things, of course, but I do, I'd be remiss not to flag those ones, especially as uh, I'm looking forward to them so much myself. Yes, the, this uh, Digital Human Forum is, um, is very dear to my heart. Uh, you, 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 you know that we, we started it actually at Imagina. Uh, in 2003, uh, and it was following a discussion with my dear friend Christoph Harry, and uh, you know Christoph and I we we, we go back for since the 80s uh, together, and uh, so we were having this discussion, and I, I was talking about Imagina at the, at the time and um, what we could do, and and Christoph um, pointed me into this direction and saying, you know, there's this uh, there are little seminars a little conference happening at the moment on this uh, virtual human uh, stuff and it was in 2002 2003 um, and and uh, he said you know I'm not sure if there's something in, in Europe and I did a little bit of research and there were nothing in Europe on the on the topic and I I thought okay why don't we start at Imagina a small little conference or small uh, gathering about this topic and um, and it, the room was packed the room was absolutely packed and on the front row there were Thomas Hegele and uh, who was uh, all ears and eyes to this thing. And then when the conference was over, Thomas came to me and said, hmm, that's very interesting what you do on this virtual human thing. You know, it's, and, and, and years after that, uh, uh, Thomas told me uh, that it was one of the reasons why he asked me to join. He was uh, saying, if Jean-Michel is able to build this uh, virtual human thing at Imagina, uh, we should bring him to FMX and we should really have uh, this thing at FMX. So I've been always very, very careful with the, with the virtual human forum, the digital human forum, as we, as we call it now. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm very happy to see that under your wise guidance, uh, because uh, I, I believe that the fact that you are in charge, um, uh, Mike, is, is, uh, is, is very important to us. And I'm happy that you mention artificial intelligence. I'm happy that you mention robotics. I'm happy you mention all of these topics, which are on the side, which uh, I, I keep an eye on, you know, and I, in a way, like the same way I've been waiting for the right moment to come for the automotive industry to be discussed at FMX, I'm also waiting for the right moment to come for artificial intelligence or robotics uh, to be discussed uh, at FMX. And I have the feeling that it should come soon. Yeah, well, we're going to do a little introduction to set up that forum, um, what I like to call actors, avatars and agents, because some of this work is, can I reproduce an actor? Some of this work is, can I reproduce a version of myself to represent mm -hmm. me? 
Um, mm-hmm. And obviously Facebook's been done a lot of work in this area and that directly relates to some of the stuff that's being talked about. And then the third one, of course, is this idea of agents and we'll touch on that. But um, increasingly over the next few years, we're going to see the uh, embodied cognition, the model of having a, um, as my kids like to say, a face on Siri and uh, or a face on Alexa. And uh, so that's all coming. So that's obviously one step behind, I guess, in the evolution of computer graphics and uh because quite simply humans are so hard. But, um, you know, the great thing I've always thought, um, I was actually taught this by one of the, uh, the guys who was a, um, at Apple back in the day. Um, and I went to a lecture and he said, look, if you want to find out what the future is, don't look at the products today. Don't read science fiction, though that's fun. Look in the labs because whatever's in the labs is going to hit pretty soon. And so I think it's always important to get, as we have uh, with Hal Lee now taken over from Paul DeBevic in that part of uh, USC ICT. And so finding out what the researchers are doing, finding out what the cutting edge people from places like ILM and Weta are doing, like that, that window in lets you sort of inform your judgments uh, because it'll filter through in the coming uh, in the coming years. But I don't want to go any more about that because that I want to hog the the discussion. I do want to also flag, if I can, there's some very very good sessions that happen in smaller rooms, um, and and you know some years they're complete gems there. But even on a just sort of a regular basis, you get um, I don't know uh, one of the guys from Arnold or something doing an in depth discussion, or some guys from DNEG coming in and discussing how they're using. Um, uh, you know, a particular product or a particular thing. And it's really good if you can get to some of these smaller rooms. We, we, we tend to highlight the big talks, but these smaller rooms are amazing. Last year, I remember sitting in one on, um, on the environments of ILM. It was just fascinating and the room was packed. And I guess it's, you know, it's hard with so many things going on, but it is a really good idea to hunt the program because these gems are out there. I'm, I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, this um, these smaller rooms um, they how could I say that they allow us to to really uh, explore to poke some some um, some new topics and to to have uh, speakers who might not uh, fill uh, our major rooms because they are not well not known enough yet. But it allows us uh, to really uh, explore and, uh, and, and and look for, 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 for in a way, new talents, new, new topics. Um, so the... the um, what I, what I a couple of things that I could point um, is uh, first of all there's a talk uh, by a guy whose name is Philip Keo, uh, and Philip Keo as well um, belonged to the to the to the past in a way, and he was one of the the first person who really he, he probably wrote one of the very first books. On, on virtual reality and uh, in French, but it's still available. Um, he was the one who brought Jaron Lanier uh, to Imagina in 1985, I think, or something like this. Um, and he will give uh, a shared talk with Ken Perlin, and you know Ken Perlin from oh, yeah. uh, from NYU, well, and the two. <laughs> yes, Ken. Ken is uh, one of those people whose surname is uh, is you know a button. 
exactly. <laughs> and 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 Ken um, met with Philippe, and Philippe met with Ken uh, again in uh, 30, 30 years ago, or some, so yeah, thirty years ago, approximately. And I was happy enough to to, to convince Philippe Keo. Uh, who is uh, a key person at UNESCO these days, um, but who also has a blog whose name is Metaxu, M-E-T-A-X-U, uh, to come to Imagina, to come to FMX, sorry, and and to have this discussion with with Ken Perlin. So the two of them will discuss about future visual and cognitive challenges for VR. Uh, and I really recommend this series of talks, which will be on Friday morning in our room, Bertha Benz. Uh, I hope it will be really interesting uh, because you will have the first talk will be about the the first group VR experience with uh, Theo Jones from Framestore who will talk about what we call the Lockheed Martin Martian bus. Uh, you, you, you probably saw that and, and it was an amazing experience and I would have loved to be one of these kids stepping into the school bus thinking that they would go for a normal ride and suddenly the, the windows of the, of, the, of the bus are getting dark and suddenly there's light coming back again on their planet Mars and they, they made this thing where the bus was making a left of course, the whole landscape was following the movement. When the bus was bumping, the whole landscape was bumping. So the illusion was absolutely perfect. And so we will have this presentation, which is part for me of this notion, which is very dear to me as well, which is this notion of immersion. And where we were uh, discussing the theme of FMX this year, you know that the theme of FMX this year is beyond the screen. And, and uh, I, I was not sure if we should go to beyond the screen, which is pretty broad and, uh, and, uh, and which was opening a lot of uh, avenues. Uh, we decided to, to, to go for this uh, larger theme, but another option would have been to go to, a, 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 to narrow the thing and to go beyond the screens, the path to immersion and or the road to immersion and, and uh, the, or the quest, the quest for immersion. I, I remember that. the theme that I was thinking about was beyond the screens, to comma uh, the quest for immersion, uh, because I, of course immersion is a key word, and and uh, and we can believe that in ten years from now we will be really fully immersed in in images, and it will be impossible to distinguish the the, the real environment and the fake environment. And so it's it's a, it's a fascinating area of topic. But anyway, this bus. Uh, this Martian bus uh, was for me a very, uh, very good illustration of this quest for immersion. And then we will have Steve Sullivan, who is the director of um, uh, Microsoft uh, Holographic uh, Division. So uh, Steve will talk about Microsoft Holographic Video. And then we will have Ken Perlin. I was say, yeah, Steve is on before, right? So I think Steven's on at, uh, or Steve's on at 11, and then these guys are on at 12, if I'm got my schedule right um i i, I think they are on thursday on friday yes. may 5th uh, in in the in the morning uh, in this room called uh, Bertha Benz. yeah but i think it's at uh, 11 o'clock and then at 12 o'clock 
Yes, correct, yes, correct, yeah. correct. Yeah, uh, Martian Bus is at ten. Uh, Steve is at eleven, and Ken and Philip are at twelve. Oh, yep. And and I really look forward to this, you know. And uh, it's as you were saying, it's not you know our biggest room, but I believe this will be a fascinating uh, morning. And. Also with Ken on, on Philip Ko, who are also two intellectual, uh, and and that uh, very interesting to have for me uh, a discussion at this level, uh, and you know it, it can open a few ways uh, towards the, the the future. Yeah, see, now I have a problem on that day because there's about four things I want to see on the Friday. Because while you're talking about that, and it's fascinating, there's master classes on acting for animators. There's a really interesting talk by Solid Angle on um, Arnold in production. Uh, there's also a bunch of real-time production pipeline stuff, uh, which is happening. And then to top it all off, um, I think there's a case study on virtual production for Rogue One all on the Friday. So, uh, you know... <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's but for me. Let, let's let's let me try to answer quickly to this uh, to this question um, and to this kind of what I hear as a kind of slight criticism of the fact that there well, are too many. Well, it's a good criticism. It's a good criticism. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but you know, so, it's this idea of: Do you want to go to a restaurant with a fixed menu? No, 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 no. I understand, but you, you got to. Do you want to go yeah. to a restaurant which offers you a wide selection? I'm being French by origin, you know. Food matters to me, and wine matters to me even more. So, you know, having a long wine list that you can dive into and look at it and hmm, and compare, should I go for this Côte du Rhône or hmm, maybe a Corbière would be better. But there's this interesting wine coming from Chile, which could be interesting. No, too. no this so, is absolutely true. But I didn't even get to other fun things on the same time, like a guide to fan projects by ILM, which, you know, if I had nothing else to watch, I would totally go to in a flash because it sounds really interesting. But I don't even know what I'm going to do yet. On most days I've picked what I'm going to do, but Friday I'm going to be like, you know, I have no idea. And look, that's a good thing, as I say. Um, and also I should also point out that um, we're just talking about Friday there, right? Like this is um, also the day that has, uh, I believe, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy um, case study at five o'clock on, on Friday, which is the sort of this signature thing you've got going at the moment, whereas like at the end of the last day kind of thing, you have this incredibly juicy gem of a marvellous morsel of an interesting thing that means that all of us that want to leave slightly early to get a flight back to Australia are killing ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you have to, it's the FMX experience, we could say. And uh, yes, we and, and we, we we put a lot of effort uh, into shaping and reshaping this program. It doesn't necessarily uh, show, you know, most of the people who do not know uh, about conference organization might have the feeling that it's very easy because you just have to talk to people and then to invite them and they would say yes and then you would fill the the agenda uh one after the other uh, one confirmation coming after another one but it's it's really not the case um it's it's a, it's a huge work you have to travel a lot as you were saying at the beginning uh, talk to a lot of people indeed to understand who is behind this thing um, and sometimes it's not the people that you would um, 
who are in the front. Sometimes you have to dig a little bit on identify the engineer or the the, mm. the the VFX guy or the guy who did this super smart way in compositing or, you know, find, find this little thing. And you have to understand who is really the, the key person uh, behind this thing. And this is, and after that you have to, convince all of them to come and after that you have to make sure that there's not too much competition between all of these things that uh, somebody who is really interested into let's say real time and 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 virtual production and, and digital human will have a coherency and it will go from one thing to another. somebody who is more interested in games or interactivity will also have a, career, a, a little path you know you have there are a lot of little paths which are drawn into this program which are not necessarily invisible immediately but I hope people will 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 appreciate the, the the structure, and that's true that we like to finish on Friday with something really solid. And it's also uh, you know a moment where you have um, you had to, to 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 listen and to to learn a lot of things during the the four days. And I believe it's nice to end FMX with a, a two hours presentation where everybody can join in our major room. Uh, as you were saying, some people are already gone. So this is in a way the, the core audience is, is still there. The, the really faithful people Oh, come are, on. Uh, are, I mean, yeah, some of us only and, leave because it takes <laughs> us so long to fly home. It's something we're not core. <laughs> and, and I'll say this, I, I'm not allowed to discuss it, but I've seen Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 2 and it's... Uh, yes. It has some significant visual effects in it. Uh, that's putting yes. it mildly. So it'll be yes. terrific. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But uh, and it will be followed. It will be followed by a screening of the movie. So terribly good. Look, we, we don't have time to go into any more detail. I'll say that there's a bunch of other things I will highlight in the notes. Um, Peter Lord's going to be talking. Um, there's stuff on uh, Walking Dead, which my kids want to see. <laughs> there's there's so good episodic television stuff as well as uh, a bunch of other stuff that I had flagged we haven't had a chance to talk to. And and we probably, I don't want to give the impression that the rendering stuff is just real time because there's a really great section there uh, on Wednesday on hardcore physical-based lighting, um, rendering, both V-Ray and Arnold and a bunch of other stuff. And our good friend Chris Nichols is actually doing a live CG podcast on the Wednesday at 4 o'clock. I'm thinking 3 o'clock, I think it is. Yeah, 3 o'clock. So uh, there's a lot of great stuff going on. All of it's in the program. What is the URL for the website where people want to go and check this out? Where do they? It's uh, fmx.de. It's a very simple fmx.de uh, for Deutschland. Uh, maybe something that I would like to, to add since you were on your note, I would like to, to maybe to... to to name Theodor Ushef, Ushef uh, who will present Blind Vaisha, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, will be on Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock in our main room, just before Jan Pinkava and Chris O'Reilly. Uh, these are three of my favorite people ever. Uh, and 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 uh, I believe that the the, the phase of talk is uh, entitled exploring storytelling, and I think it will be uh, enlightening. Um, we um, and I would like to mention that we are extremely privileged this year to welcome Cheryl Boone Isaacs, who is the president of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. 
And it's the first time that Cheryl is coming to FMX. And for, for me, it's a great honor uh, to welcome her because I consider that she's one of the most influential person in the in our industries. Absolutely. Uh, and she's a woman and she's black. And I believe that it means uh, a lot. Uh, and um, I I'm, I'm very, very honored, again, that she comes. I believe that it's a good sign as well for FMX in terms of acknowledgement that the president of the academy uh, is spending the whole week, and she will be there for the whole week. She arrives on Monday, and she departs on, on Friday. So she will be with us for, for the four days of the of the event. And it's I mentioned this because beyond the fact that she's one of the most influential person uh, in, in our community and at FMX, it's also... This idea of the theme of FMX this year, which was beyond the screen, which is beyond the screen. And by this theme, we were meaning, of course, that we were going beyond the flat screen and, and uh, going to VR screen and all kind of screen and the, the screen being the room or the screen being the world and so on. So this one, one thing beyond the screen meant as well, we would go beyond the media and entertainment industry through the automotive thing. But it was also an encouragement for all of us to look beyond our screens and, and to look at what's happening in the world at the moment. Uh, and since we are all belong to, to very captivating industry, we, have, we might have this tendency to spend a lot of time on our screens and diving into our screens and working and, and, and creating amazing images and, and inventing amazing stories and, and, and so on and so forth. But sometimes it's also maybe interesting to look beyond our computer screen to what's happening around us and um, the world is facing a few lot of challenges these days and we wanted to have um, some people who would in a way impersonate uh, the fact that the world is changing and I believe that Cheryl Boone Isaacs is one of the person who is changing uh, our industries. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the work that she did uh, within the academy yeah, and it's it's a good it's a wonderful symbol uh, beyond being a wonderful woman, uh, wonderful human being. Uh, it's a wonderful symbol for me to to have her at FMX this year. Well, as I can see, it's coming up on uh, well, put it this way: um, if we talk any longer, it's going to be about one a.m. my time. So I'm going to I'm going to say we're running running low on time. But thank you so much for taking time to highlight some of the things in the program. We'll um, include a few things there. And of course, the other thing is that um, I know that you always like talking to people. So if someone's new to FMX and they see you coming off stage or whatever, it's always a great um, thing to say hello to you. Of course, if they see me, I'd love them to say hello to me as well. But uh, yeah, it's a very people conference. It's a lot of people talking to people and connecting. And it's not, um, it's not an us and them kind of conference. So people really are mingling in together. It's, uh, it's one of the greatest aspects of the conference. So I honestly believe you set the tone for the conference and it's a great tone that you set. So thank you so much and uh, I look forward to seeing you in Germany. I really appreciate this uh, discussion with you, Mike, and, and thank you as well to you uh, for being part of uh, the success of FMX. The FMX conference begins on May 2nd and runs through May 5th. And if you're in Europe, you really do want to check it out. If you're going to be attending the event, uh, drop me a line because I'll be attending as, as will Mike. Uh, send me an email, johnmont at fxpc.com. That's J-O-H-N-M-O-N-T. Uh, quick travel tip too, the largest spring beer festival in Germany is also going on at the time. So 
Uh, I'm heading in actually the weekend before. I'm going to go check that out there in Stuttgart. It's really a lot of fun. Um, really uh, one of the traditional German festivals that takes place in the country. And if you like beer, uh, it's obviously the place to go. But again, drop us a line. We've got a couple events going on there. And uh, we hope to see you in Germany. For my partners at FX Guide, Mike Seymour and Jeff Fieser, thanks for taking the time to listen. See ya. Please let us know if you have any suggestions for stories or future podcasts. You can reach us by clicking the Contact Us link at the top of the homepage. This podcast is copyright FX Guide, LLC. Broadcast or redistribution is prohibited without the expressed written consent of FX Guide.